That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hey, my brothers and sisters, I hope this day finds you well. I'm just gonna jump in. This is what I wanna talk about today. This is an article coming from The Blaze. This is dated April 5th of 2022 from uh, Chris Pendolfo. So thank you, Blaze. And the headline is, FDA suggests future of COVID-19 vaccinations may look like a more frequent flu shot. Now, I found this interesting for a couple reasons. <laughs> that should be very obvious to you is one, we're in April of 2022. This all started basically January of 2020. So it's been over two years and it's like the language is exactly the same, which would imply a level of ineptitude <laughs> or, or, or maybe it's by design. I don't know, I'll leave it up to you, but it's been over two years. That seems kind of interesting to me. Then the other thing is, in the beginning, a lot of people were saying, it's just the flu, it's just like the flu, it's just like the flu, it's just like the flu. And of course they were censored and deplatformed and shut down and, and we were told that they were you know, despicable people. And two years later, here we have the FDA suggesting that maybe the future of these vaccinations looks more like the frequent uh, flu shot. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's read some of this. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration says that the currently approved C-19 vaccines may need to update their formulas to remain effective against the most recent strains of coronavirus, suggesting that the future of the C-19 vaccinations may be similar to the flu shot. On Wednesday, the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee will meet to discuss the future course of the pandemic, including what the optimal strain composition for COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, we're still in a pandemic after two years will be and the best schedule for vaccine booster doses among the general population and subgroups that may be more vulnerable to the virus, according to a briefing document published ahead of the meeting. The document acknowledges that the current authorized or approved C-19 vaccines in the U.S. are based on the original Wuhan strain and that currently circulating SARS-CoV-2 variants harbor mutations. The virus's spike protein, the feature of a virus that enables it to invade human cells, Studies have shown that these mutations, variants like the BA2 Omicron strain, have reduced the effectiveness of the vaccines currently in use and also that the vaccines have waning efficacy over time, the FDA said. New variants are often more infectious, transmissible, and antigenetically distinct from earlier virus strains due to accumulated mutations in the spike protein that also rendered them less susceptible to neutralization by antibodies elicited by current C-19 vaccines or prior infection by earlier strains of the virus, the document states. I think that that, that last line is alluding to natural immunity, which we all, all know that, uh, at least if you were paying attention, that they were denying and or suppressing in the beginning until they finally had to acknowledge the truth. Although a complete understanding of how emerging SARS-CoV-2 variants impact the effectiveness of current C-19 vaccines is lacking, the, accumula the accumulating data suggests that the composition of vaccines may need to be updated at some point to ensure the high level of efficacy demonstrated in the earlier vaccine clinical trials, the FDA said. Notice they said that the clinical trials not, not seen in, in the earlier shots to the actual populace, but in the clinical trials. That's very important, you have to pay attention to the language. 
Then it goes on to say, an orderly, logical, and transparent process should be delineated for making recommendations for possible changes in COVID-19 vaccine composition and will require the, the cooperation and collaboration of vaccine manufacturers, vaccine regulators, and global public health laboratories. Now, it's funny to me that, that they're even, the FDA is even saying transparency when they weren't going to release Pfizer's information for like 75 years or something. <laughs> Right. And they had to be, you know, they had to be forced <laughs> by taking judicial action to release him, like to be transparent, basically. When the vaccines were first approved, they showed a 90 percent efficacy against the original Wuhan strain of coronavirus, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, let's clarify this. When when they were first produced, when the vaccines were first approved. Actually, if they're talking about they don't really make a distinction between emergency use authorization and approval. So actually it could be 90% by the time they approved it. But when they gave it their emergency use authorization, the FDA, Moderna was, at, was saying 94% immunity. That means you're not gonna get infected or spread the virus. And Pfizer-BioNTech was saying 90% immunity when they got their EUA. So by approval, yes, it may be that they were saying 90%. But once again, it wasn't efficacy, it was immunity. That's what they were saying in the beginning. Now here's where I feel it gets interesting. Citing data from the UK Health Security Agency, UK keeps excellent records by the way, CNBC News reports that the effectiveness of Pfizer's, Pfizer's or Moderna's two dose vaccines against mild illness caused by the Omicron variant dropped from 70% to just 10% in 25 weeks after the second shot. A booster dose brought protection back up to 75% for about four weeks, but then it fell to between 25% and 40% after 15 weeks. CDC data shows a corresponding waning efficacy for the vaccine's protection against hospitalization from Omicron. While two vaccine doses initially reduced the incidence of hospitalization by 71%, in five months, the effectiveness fell to 54%. A booster dose brought the protection back up to 91%, but then fell again to 78% after four months. Importantly, the vaccines remain effective at preventing most severe or life-threatening COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations. As I read, as I read through this, I, I, know, I know that there's a portion of the populace that just follows whatever you're being told. You believe whatever you're being told. You believe these organizations who, who come and say that they're here to help. And you completely disregard reality because I read through this and what I hear is, we gave you a subpar product. Maybe that's me. Because you said it was gonna be one thing and then you kept moving the goalposts. Now it's clear across the board, you're acknowledging that the efficacy, no matter what, it wanes over time. The FDA briefing document also discusses the timing for additional COVID-19 vaccine booster shots and which groups of people will be eligible for those shots. The document suggests that in the future, COVID-19 vaccination will be similar to the yearly flu shot, where scientists identify the most likely variant of the virus to circulate seasonally and base that year's vaccine dose on the variant. While influenza and coronaviruses are different viruses and will undoubtedly evolve, evolve and behave differently in the human population, the process for updating influenza vaccine composition may provide some useful guidelines and considerations for possible updating of C-19 vaccine composition, the FDA states. So, yeah. They also go on to say, however, there are important differences between the influenza virus and C-19. While the flu has a predictable pattern of emerging 
Each winter, the FDA says a predictable pattern for a SARS-CoV-2 surge of infections has yet to emerge. For example, Delta and Omicron virus surge surges in the U.S. were separated by only five months. It is also unclear whether C-19 vaccine manufacturers can update the compositions of their vaccines and mass produce them quickly enough to keep up with the evolving virus. Additionally, the flu shot does not need to be tested for safety and efficacy each year, but the C-19 vaccines would need testing for each new composition. Now, first of all, I like to say that we don't do yearly mass testing for the flu. So you don't have a data set to really to even say that they're different in that way because you've never tested it that way. Do you understand? They're, the FDA is making claims and saying things, but they're, they're not even doing their due diligence to fully, like basically follow the scientific method. You can't make these claims. Like, yes, they are different, but that's because we approach them completely differently. We never approached a virus the way that we approached it in 2020 ever in the history of man. Dr. Peter Marks, an official who leads the FDA office responsible for vaccine safety, said last week that the U.S. may need to offer fourth booster shots for people under 50 in the fall and fifth booster for those who have already received their fourth dose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. Um, this is just it's just kind of ridiculous that you guys are still even listening to these people. He told reporters on a conference call that the extra doses may be necessary as vaccine-induced immunity continues to wane and new virus variants become seasonal. It would not be surprising if there is a potential need for people to get an additional booster in the fall along with a more general booster campaign if that takes place, Mark said. It may be that a decision is made that rather than the vaccines we currently have, which are called vaccines against the prototype virus, that we will move to a vaccine that is either against one of the variants or something else. According to federal data, roughly 45% of Americans, I'm, I'm gonna get into that data later, I'm gonna show you guys something. So they do address natural immunity a little bit more right here. For those who are unvaccinated but have previously contracted C19, natural immunity gained from that infection appears to be of longer duration than vaccine-induced immunity, according to an Israeli study. Now, what I, why that's important is they give you the data on, on the waning efficacy of the vaccine. They'll say, you know, you get this shot and then 25 you know, weeks later, it's at this percentage and whatnot. They haven't done that for natural immunity. Have you noticed that? Where is, okay, if you have natural immunity, then it's at like 90% and then 25 weeks later, it's at 70%. There's no data on that. And so I, I find that interesting that they're avoiding even talking about that. Yes, they say that it, that it appears to be of longer duration, but they haven't even done any studies to see what that duration looks like. Why would they not do that? What I will tell you is that I had the first strain of, of the China virus in December of 2020, and I have my antibodies checked every six months, and I still have them. So, yeah. It goes on to further say, other studies have shown that the risk of C-19 reinfection is low in those with natural immunity, and also that vaccination after prior infection can reduce the risk even further. They always have to come back to the vaccine. They say some stuff that actually would get you to go like, hey, what's up? And then they always end it off with saying, yeah, but the vaccines are still effective. <laughs> you notice that they, they're, they always, these organizations always have 
to go thumbs up for the vaccine, even after presenting data. So why are they not studying natural immunity? It says here, other studies show that the risk of C-19 reinfection is low. Okay, what's the percentage of that? What does low mean, right? So what I wanna jump into uh, right now is I wanna show you what the, where, the, where the US looks like as far as the vaccination rates. So I think that that's important to put everything into uh, perspective. Okay, this is an excellent uh, tracker for um, our COVID vaccination rates. I'll leave the uh, link in the description where I can, but this is coming from the US coronavirus vaccine tracker. And so it shows where we are. At least 254,599,776 people or 77% of the population has received at least one dose. Overall, 216,690,804 people or 65% of the population are considered fully vaccinated. And then additionally, you have 96,035,748 people or 29% of the population have received a booster dose. And this really breaks it down, um, male and female, breaks it down age, breaks it down um, ethnicity, and then per state. It's a really, really great uh, website. Uh, I recommend uh, saving this link so that you can be up to date on where we are with the vaccination rates. So you can see here the, the rates for, you know, basically 50 and up are the highest. And then between 40 and 49 um, starts to drop off and that's, that's where, where I land, because I'm 46. And then when you get down to, to 12 to, to 17 year olds, um, it really drops off. And so I just wanted to, to bring this up because we're two years later, we have all these people either vaccinated or they've had it at least once. And we're still talking about we're in a pandemic and we're still talking about more and more doses. And so I find that interesting. Don't you find that interesting that we're still, after all of this time, we're still kind of feels like we're in the same place. And then the other thing I want to address, because they speak as if, right, like, so the head of, of the CDC alluded to this, so did um, Fauci. They blame the variants for the, the lack of efficacy of their vaccinations, right? They're saying, okay, this is for the original strain, and then we had these variants, and so it was less effective against the variants, but it was really, really effective against the original. So then it got me thinking, like, yeah, but you guys are, are, are specialists, and you know, you have virologists, and like, you guys are specialists in this stuff. Did you not know that viruses mutate, right? So I was like, let me go see what the heck that's about. So I went and, and I just asked the question, I just ran a search, do all viruses mutate? And this is what I discovered. So this is titled very simply, do all viruses mutate? And this is coming November 12th of 2021. And here's what I found out. Yes, all viruses mutate. In fact, the ability to mutate from one host or species to another is among the traits that explains why the influenza virus has such a long life, making it potentially harmful for humans and animals alike and almost impossible to eliminate. Almost impossible to eliminate. Why viruses mutate? Viruses mutate for one reason, to survive. Unlike animals, plants, and other types of organisms, the virus only has one way to reproduce, and this is through the host cell. For mutation to happen, the virus attaches its surface 
proteins to the membrane of the host cell and injects it genetic, its genetic material into it. The genetic material that can either be RNA or DNA carries the instructions to the machinery of the cell to produce more viruses. The new viruses will then leave the cell and spread to other parts of the host organism. And that's how you get the increased viral load and you start to you know, present symptoms and whatnot. However, the host organism is not a passive observer to the process. After some time, the immune system of an animal or human can learn from such encounters and come up with strategies to stop any reinfection. This is where our natural immunity comes in. That's why it's so, our natural immunity is just, just the bomb. Once a similar virus comes to the host cell, the next time it may discover that it cannot attach to the surface membrane of the cell anymore because of our natural immunity. In order for viruses to survive, they must evolve or adapt through making some changes to the surface proteins enough to trick the host cell to let them attach themselves again. Now, once again, I'm not a virologist, but it seems pretty cut and dry. The virus is gonna enter in, it just wants to survive. As soon as the natural immunity catches on, it then mutates. So wouldn't it then, if you, during a pandemic, introduce, let's say, a vaccination, which is supposed to you know, emulate our natural immunity, wouldn't the virus then be forced, for survival reasons, to adapt to the vaccination, the artificial, you know, natural immunity or the artificial immunity? Wouldn't they have known all of this? So I'm just kind of curious. If you know all this, then you knew that it was going, that it was going to mutate. And then you knew that it was going to mutate based on what you were doing to defend against it, because that's what viruses always do, according to this. So let that sink in. So in order to wrap this up, my thing is, I have, I have three questions. One, how can we still be in a pandemic and still have confidence and faith in these experts when two years later, they still don't really seem to even grasp their, their own field of expertise. <laughs> because two, viruses always mutate. And they always mutate for survival based on defense mechanisms, whether naturally occurring in our body or introduced man-made. And then three, if all of these people are already vaccinated or they've had the disease, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Actually, you know what? Let me add in a fourth, a fourth question. If it's going to end up being similar, they keep saying similar to the flu shot. Similar is, if you look up the word similar, means almost the same. <laughs> then then why, why did we wreck the global economy? Why did we destroy our country? Why did we put people out of business? Why did we divide our populace? Why did we mess up the supply chains? Why did we give up our energy independence so we can, like, why did we do all these things to ourselves to end up with something that is going to be similar to the flu shot? Hmm. These are, these are, these are questions that I, I ask leadership. And you should be asking the same questions. Hmm. Well, I ask that you like and subscribe, help me reach more people, help me grow my platform, help me get this message out there. And that message is, if you're walking in the dark, all we need to do is turn on that light. You guys be well.